the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Y'all, you know I'm fired up. Um, I love talking to all sorts of difference makers, and uh, today, man, we're ch- checking all the boxes. We've got movies, which I love. We've got sports, which I love. Um, we've got Sean Bosky right here, a longtime uh, Major League Baseball pitcher. So let's say hi to Sean. How are you doing, Sean? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm glad to be on the show with you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for man. having me. Yeah, thanks for making time. I really appreciate it. And uh, I am fired up to talk about film and to talk about you being an entrepreneur and talking about, I mean, you've done some incredible things in your post-Major League Baseball career. So I definitely want to talk about that and talk about you being the CEO of Canyon Productions. So we are going to get there for sure. Um, But it's amazing. I think you could be a poster child for post-professional athlete career you probably have a lot of advice to give people I think (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know it's a big topic for anybody that's kind of for sure sports athletes professional athletes but military um you know prisoners getting back into society I mean it's just a it's it's such a, a dramatic change to go from some of those environments into you know, kind of what we all call the regular world. Um, there, there is no regular world. It's all just the world that God is in charge of. But um, yeah, quite an adventure. I mean, I'm, you know, I look back on it and I'm surprised. I don't feel any particular sense of, you know, like pride that I've yeah. figured this out or something. Um, in fact, I was asked regularly by people while I was playing what I was going to do when I when I got done playing, and I didn't have the answer. I so. Love it. You know, at this point, I, I, I all glory to God. I'm I, I did pray about it, and I did look for what He had in store for me. You know, yeah. I, I keep doing that. I'm doing that today, as a matter of fact. That's, that's something that never stops. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, before I talk about the baseball, let let me just ask one follow up question about that because I'm thinking, uh, and I want to say the biggest box I love to check of all is you know faith in God, faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm thinking about uh, some athletes that I know. Um, some of them are in the prime of their career. And then I'm going to talk about some other athletes in, in just a few minutes. Um, but uh, I'm thinking about, yeah, they may have another eight years in their career. They may have another five years. Some One of them I know is thinking, hey, I might be shutting it down real soon. Um, and what's just some immediate advice you might give to uh, any of my friends? Well, we, we kind of all like having a big safety net, right? And, and not, you know, it's, it's, there's anxiety and change sometimes. Um, you can even look forward to change and still be uncertain about how it's all going to unfold. But with God, mm. we know that he loves us and cares for us. And 
you know, that, that to me gives a, a peace that surpasses human understanding when you know that ultimately God's the author and he cares for us. So if we didn't have that, then it would be, you know, even higher stakes. Yeah. But, you know, when, when I stopped playing, it really was on the heels of just a terrible game that I pitched. And I was so sick of it, of looking at myself, <laughs> my performance, yeah. Uh, but I said, okay, that's it. I've had enough of this. And there's younger guys here that are that are on their way up. It's time for me to go. And when I was a young guy and I saw some of these older guys that looked like they were kind of hanging on, I wondered why they were still playing. But you no, know, when you, you you start playing when you're a young guy, you know, it's kind of it's not always the easiest thing to know when the end is actually there. Right. Um, right. But you know, I, I don't know. There's a sense of adventure with with God. He. Yeah. Like I said, I don't. I don't really feel like I. I. I was this fabulous, um, you know, maestro of all the chapters of my professional career. Okay. So I, I. Why would I try to figure that out at this point? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm gonna pause on. I want to come back and find out how you did get into this amazing, you know, second chapter or third chapter, whatever it is, um, working with Pure Flix and raising 150 million dollars of, of, of investment capital. Um, all that you did there and all that you're doing now. So it makes me very curious. I'm gonna come back to it just to say, well, how from baseball to that. So we'll hold off on that because here's the baseball questions I want to ask and I want to say first of all and I realize I'm all over the place but thanks for being patient I do want to say for some of my baseball friends that are watching I just want to give them a little background on your career I happened um, you know I'm a little bit I think older than you but um, during the time of your career I started recollecting baseball cards so i know i have some of your baseball cards along with my ken griffey juniors i mean they're somewhere in boxes you know all that sort of deal so um they're in there but uh just for people who may be like oh sean bosky i know that name some of you are like especially my cubs fans they know but uh 217 games and nine-year major league baseball career i'm giving credit to ball9.com when they interviewed you because they came up with some great stats and this this is what i want want to share come on man uh these are some of the hitting stats against you and th this could be scary for you you don't know me so where's he going with this <laughs> but hopefully you remember ball nine did you right tony gwynn in his career against you had two hits 12 at bats 167 batting average that's crazy dude <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go on and then you can just respond however you want. You know, I know you're very humble. So whatever that's going to look like is fine. Paul Molitor, three for 16, 188. Tim Raines, two for 14, 143. Will the Thrill Clark, one hit, one hit out of 12 at bats, 0.83 batting average against Sean Bosky and Joe Carter uh, batting 150, 20 at bats, three hits. How I mean, Tony Gwynn to me is like I, I don't know about you uh, who who the most pure hitter of all time is, but man, he could hit everything. But apparently, he did not hit you. Yeah, he is one of those guys that I th I think I just recently and just I, this might have been a couple of days ago. John Smoltz was talking about Tony Gwynn, and he had uh, somehow amassed some statistics about all those Atlanta Braves pitchers: John Smoltz, Greg yeah. Maddox, Tom Blavin. Um, maybe like Kent Merker or somebody else in there, yeah. just a stellar staff. And Tony Gwynn only struck out three times or some crazy thing against all those guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah, he, you know, look, there is no pride in any of that stuff because you could, you could pull up statistics that, uh, you know, that, that eat level the playing field real quick on, on how I performed. Um, in fact, you know, I have a highlight uh, reel of my playing days because if you go speak to a, you know, group or a ministry or something, then, then there's some novelty to, to show in the highlight reel. Sure. Um, and I always thought it would be fun to have the low light reel too of one home run after another and errors and, you know, boos and all that kind of stuff just to balance the equation out. Um, but, but this goes back to, I'm just, I'm grateful I did get to um, enjoy that. Being on the field with those guys is um, very cool. It takes a long time to get to where that feels normal. Um, yeah. um, the first entire season of my big like career, um, you're just astounded to be standing there in front of guys that you were watching on TV when you were a kid. It's a weird sensation. Right. Um, but then you, you know, quickly realize they're there to take your head off. So, <laughs> you know, you got to get your act together quickly. Yeah. I got you. I got you. All right. Um, him, that's just amazing to me. I mean, wow, that's crazy. Tony Gwynn, two for 12. Amazing. All right. Um, now here's the deal where I want to talk a little bit more baseball and I, I could talk baseball all day, but I do want to get back to uh, Canyon Productions and the movies that you're making, but I need a few more minutes because I have uh, three young baseball player friends and uh, two of them were just drafted this weekend. Uh, oh, one in the yeah, exciting. So I one of them uh, in the fifth round, one of them in the nineteenth round, and then I have a third baseball friend who's already professional. Um, but uh, and just recently this spring, he was clocked at uh, tread uh, pitching or their training at ninety nine point six. But then even more recently, he told me that he's undergoing Tommy John surgery. So I turned to each of those three guys and I said, um, "Hey, what question would you?" Have have for major league baseball pitcher sean bosky so i want to get those in and see what you have to say i thought they came Great. up with some really good questions so if you don't mind the first one's from aaron uh-huh. munson he was a 19th round draft pick by the toronto blue jays he's a division two uh baseball pitcher won the college world series a most outstanding player all that good stuff and he had one question i asked these guys one or two questions so you'll see he had one just ask what what's one thing he would want to know when he first started. Yeah, that's such a good question. It's good. There's a lot of mystery um, around the whole thing when you get drafted and then you're going to start your professional career. So what I I remember pretty vividly is that uh, you know you you're you're immediately in a big group of guys that all got drafted that all were the best. And you kind of always are wondering, where do you fit into this whole thing? Um, So if these guys are have faith in the Lord, Mm. that is the number one, you know, most important aspect is to remember that God is in charge of their career. Mm. The duty is ours. The results are God's. We've heard that uh, phrase before. And I'd say the one thing that I would want to know is, um, (laughs) is it going to be okay? I mean, <laughs> you're always kind of worried that you're going to go out and just flop and, you know, it's not going to work. Or you you feel like in some ways you might feel like an imposter that, you know, yeah. you're not really as good as you thought you were. So I just say it's going to be okay. Enjoy it. Just try yeah. to enjoy the experience. Because one thing that can't be taken away from any of the three of these guys is they will have been professional athletes and that's, right. that's a big deal i i can run i run across guys regularly that play in college i'm like that is a big deal there's right. not many guys that can make it through to college 
That's um, right. And then if somebody happened to play professional and they go, well, I just played in the minors. I'm like, there's no just played in the minors. That's, that's right. really a big deal. So I just, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's the best I can do with that question. That's, that's a great answer. Let me ask you a quick follow-up. Um, just, and I know I've got to watch my clock. So, but, um, were you able to exercise your faith during your career? Like, was your faith pretty strong back then? Well, I came to to the Lord in during a minor league season, oh, and it, okay. it completely just changed the trajectory of my my mind and heart. And my first question as a new believer was, well, how how am I supposed to be aggressive on the field as a competitor now that I'm a nerd religious guy? And um, I. I ended up quickly having that answered for me. And I think the Lord and his grace gave it to me because not long after that, I was asking myself that question. There was a special I saw on TV about Mike Singletary, the linebacker for the Chicago bears. Oh yeah. Fierce competitor feared on the field, but, but he was um, sound in his faith. And I'm like, well, look, if this guy can do that, then I can compete hard on the field and not worry. And I'm not going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Right. Um, Right. But that that was really helpful for me. Yeah, that is a good word. Okay, we'll keep moving. That was such a good word. Thank you. Uh, The second one, I have got a couple of questions. Maybe we can hit them. Maybe we can't. But uh, this is from the young man that recently hit 99.6, but is going to undergo Tommy John. He didn't ask a question about that, which I was interested. But he said, I'd ask what moment made you feel like you had finally made it? And I'll follow, I'll follow up the second one so you can just pick and choose. What do you miss most about playing? Oh, that's really good questions. I know, right? I felt like I really made it when I saw a baseball card of myself, a big league baseball card. That, yeah. And I'm like, I have officially made it, even though I'd already pitched five or six games by that time they came out with a midseason yeah. kind of speckle, spe- special package. Um, the the uh, The challenge is that you don't really feel like you belong in the big leagues because it's such a surreal atmosphere until you can develop some consistency and confidence that you can reproduce results. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, it's a grind. It's, it's really tough. I mean, we had a pitching coach one year when I was on the Seattle Mariners, he had us all gathered together because we weren't playing that well. And he was trying to explain that this is a game it's made to be enjoyed, have fun. Then he pointed to Ken Griffey Jr. and said, look at Junior. He's smiling all the time. He's having fun. I thought that was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. Of course he he is. He hits a home run every night. He's having right. fun. Right. But, uh, but it, there was a lot, of, a lot of truth in what he said. Yeah, that's good. All right. Uh, the next question was, and maybe we'll just hold off on this one and maybe just make it Ken Griffey Jr. and you're done. But favorite teammate. Um, and then, but I want to get to the next one is asked, and that was Jacob Coates. The final questions are from Nathan Detmer. He was the fifth round pick from the Oakland A's pitch for the Texas Aggies. And, uh, he said, I'd ask him about how he dealt with failure and how he measured success at the big league level. Can you, again, those are, those are super, that's a thoughtful question. So I tell him that's, that's really a good thing that. You know, it's it's a constant battle. This would be like saying, "How do you stop sinning?" Um, yeah, it's it's something that's going to be there all along, and it's hard not to measure ourselves by our success. And baseball is inherently a game of failure, as we all know. So, right. um, so a lot of it comes down to being grounded in His faith and trusting that God is um, really the author of of what happens, and that'll help when He's really successful too. To not think right. of Himself more highly than He should. 
So for me, um, you know, it was uh, trying to be consistent is what we're always striving for. And it, we're really no different than any other player. Um, but I had a, there was a really sharp guy that was a consultant for our team when I was with the Col- Cubs. Yeah. Um, and he's a brain type uh, neurology specialist and, and consultant with a, a variety of teams and, and different sports. And he could talk to you for just a minute or two and, and identify the particular type of brain um, that you have. Uh, you know, we all have a predisposition yeah. and like body types, you know, you have different, yeah. you have skinny people, you have pear shaped, you have all these things and brains yeah. are the same way. Wow. And he could identify that. And then, and then based on your talking, he could identify your brain, but also where your strengths and your sort of predispositions for stress and um, protectiveness. And, and it would, he would all try to help you succeed. And I understand your own weaknesses and strengths. And one day we were talking and I was complaining about, uh, you know, not having done well the last game. And he said, well, just time out for a second. Who's in charge of this? And I, and he happened to be a follower of Christ. Yeah. And I said, well, God is. And he said, yeah. So, I mean, what would it take for him to make you the best pitcher in the league? And I said, it'd take him nothing. He goes, all right, well, let's, that's true. So now let's go back to just, he's in charge. Now do what you can do. And, um, you know, that's, I wish I could boil it down to one quick, you know, little blurb. No, that's great. Sean. But, but it's always a pressure to succeed um, because right. it's just a comparison game and, Right. You know, I thought so many, you know, and, and I'd get upset because I'd pitch a pretty good game. And then you watch Sports Center later that night, and all they showed was the two home runs you gave up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I mean, unless you were out there striking out every hitter, which never happened, um, right. you were the highlights were always going to be somebody hitting a homer off you or a double yeah. or something like that. <laughs> That's a really good point. Man, that is really good. Okay. I did lose track of the time. I'm looking, and I know we're pretty much out of time. So, um, I don't know if you have a minute or two you can extend or if you've got. Yeah, I think, Ashley, I think we can extend a little bit here. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Sean, as, okay. long, as long as you're good. Okay. Okay. Uh, sorry about that, Sean. Minutes, What's that, Ashley? Sorry. Just a, few, just a few more minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. All right. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and pivot. And maybe at the end, you can answer with two two words, your favorite teammate, just so that satisfies uh, Jacob Coates without okay. a story or anything. But uh, man, let's talk about what you're doing with Canyon Productions and making movies. Um, give me, if you can, the short version of how that even happened. I mean, I just, I love it. I feel like that could be a movie in and of itself from the big <laughs> leagues to the big screen. Yeah, it's funny when I've run across a lot of people who say, your life should be a movie. Um, yeah. And then th- then that person will come and say, yeah, everybody keeps telling me my life should be a movie. And we go, well, it's not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Movies are, uh, are are tough. They're, it's storytelling. And um, the reason I was drawn to it is because they're faith movies that um, point people toward, toward the Lord, which yeah. is what I care about. And I happen to be uh, working with a nonprofit legal um, organization called Alliance Defending Freedom. I was raising money, and then I was responsible for all the fundraising um, across the country. And great organization, uh, wonderful people that I met everywhere, and they cared about our culture. They cared about our biblical heritage in the country. Um, And some of them started investing in some of these independent faith films. Yeah, And that made me wonder about this world i thought maybe they just had stars in their eyes and wanted to be, be big shot you know movie producers maybe but but i knew them they weren't really like that so yeah 
Um, it turns out they were doing it for the same reason, in essence, that they were supporting this Christian legal group to defend our laws against, you know, um, secular humanism and, and uh, lawlessness, frankly. Yeah. And it was because they understood that, um, you know, media is so powerful and it can change minds and hearts. And I got to know one of the founders of PureFlix, who was a friend here in Arizona where I live. Yeah. And um, he asked me if I would consider joining the team to head up investor relations, to raise money and to be part of the part of the company, part of the partnership. Yeah. And I did. And and part of the reason was because he was diagnosed with ALS. So mm-hmm. right after the movie God's Not Dead came out, he his speech began to slur. And then I joined the company in 2014 to take the baton and then to raise money for these theatrical movies and for our streaming platform. And I enjoyed it. I loved it. And uh, yeah. we had some great movies like the case for Christ. And do you believe, oh, and, oh, so you good. know, redeeming love and many others. Yeah. And uh, uh, we sold our streaming platform in 2020 to Sony. And so I started Canyon productions to make movies and shows that could air on pure flicks and also out in the market. Yeah. That's that's awesome. All right. Well, um, tell us just in maybe another minute or two, just, um, man, some of the movies that you guys have made already. Seems like you're moving at a fast clip. Uh, we've got Unlikely Angel, Heaven Sent, Angelic Christmas, and you have Finding Faith is in post-production. Any of those that just doesn't have to be like your favorite, but just the one that kind of pops like, oh, yeah, I love this one, or you should watch this one. Yeah. Well, I'm actually probably the most excited about our most recent projects. We just filmed, finished filming a medical drama in Nashville called County Rescue, wow. which is just a fun limited series. Yeah. Uh, movie Finding Faith um, is a really dramatic, well done movie, beautifully shot. And, um, and you probably have heard the backstory on this, but Ashley Bratcher plays the lead. Um, and she's an advice columnist that starts a Christian advice columnist that starts to suffer her own crisis of faith. Mm. And so while she's kind of working this out, she goes home to her where she grew up in Mississippi. Her parents live there and her mom passes away. And the mom was married to the actor, John Schneider and John Schneider's wife was actually struggling with her health at the time of the start of production. Wow. So in any event, um, the mom in the movie dies and uh, John Schneider's wife passed away during filming too. What? So completely unbelievable, oh, surreal, gosh, crazy. Right. Oh, um, and that movie is coming out uh, this fall. Okay. So, uh, so far as I know, John Schneider hasn't really spoken publicly about it, um, but it's public that this happened, obviously. Yeah. And I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say about how his faith has held him up and yeah. wh- what he has to say about this movie too. Because, I mean, let's face it, that's an unbelievable set of circumstances. Absolutely. Um, there's another movie coming out here shortly called Divine Influencer, which I think is going to be a ton of fun for audiences. It's an, it's a social media influencer that goes from riches to rags mm. and finds out who real friends are and what real influence is. Um, so she's influencing people to buy clothes and to shop at a, per- a particular store. And then she realizes she can use her influence for things that are really positive, internally significant. So it's a fun message, but Lada Silva is the lead and she does a wonderful job of being a really selfish 
consumed person that is still very likable. Yeah. But then she's really tender when God starts working on her during the course of the movie. So these are a couple things that I'm excited about. I think audiences will enjoy them, but they'll also have a terrific, you know, message. Right. Yeah. That I really like that storyline. It sounds really fun, but you know, you use that fun to, to get that message across. That sounds great, Sean. All right. Uh, I took way too much of your time. So I'll just let you kind of answer, uh, you know, say anything you want to say before we sign off here. Well, I'll answer the question. My favorite teammates really difficult because yeah, you know, I, I played with some tons of hall of famers. Cal Ripken, Cal Ripken was a favorite teammate of mine. Wow. Um, and then I loved playing with Lenny Dykstra and Tony Phillips. They were just so scrappy and gritty and were really, really good players. Yeah. Uh, of course, my one of my closest friends, he's probably my closest friend right now, is a guy named Tim Salmon. We, we were teammates oh. on the Angels a couple of years. Oh, yeah. Um, I could probably go on and on from each team. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'd just tell you that there's so many good guys out there um, and the teammates – Really, they should hand out the teammate award because a good teammate is profoundly impactful to the culture of a team. And then there's some guys that uh, have a pretty decent PR campaign going, but they're not good teammates. They're not good to their fellow, yeah. team, you know, team members. And I won't go into any names of those. Of course. But, um, but when you have a great teammate, um, it's really a joy. Um, yeah. So I just encourage your your guys that you know to care about each other because. Um, somebody said something a while ago. He goes, when you retire, nobody remembers your stats and all that, unless you're a Hall of Famer. Nobody knows that stuff. They just remember the type of person you were. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That is good. Okay. All right. All right. I'll leave 100 questions unasked. But uh, (laughs) Sean, um, thank you so much. And thank you for the extra, extra innings, so to speak, extra time. Uh, That was awesome and just really, really appreciate it. Just awesome. Thank you, Sean. Well, great meeting you, Steve. I look forward to talking to you again in the future. I sure hope so. I sure hope so, Sean. Thank you. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.